Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Oh, okay. Now you may say it. Oh. It's almost Halloween. (laughs) Take two. Okay, I'll try it again. Hang on. Uh, It's almost Halloween. It's almost Halloween! It's almost Halloween! It's almost Halloween! I fucking love Halloween. Mm -hmm. It really, like, it just hit me hard within the past couple days where I was like, I need to watch a scary movie soon. I need to watch something spooky. I need to get in the spooky mood. Yeah. Um, We watched Sweeney Todd over the weekend. We did watch Sweeney Todd and I missed it. Put me in the mood. But I need to. Because you were late, Jen. (laughs) You had been invited, but you were late. Just like you were about uh, 25 minutes late to tonight's podcast recording. It's fine. It's fine. And but the last also, time you were like, I'm coming over, you were like, about an hour late. But also, <laughs> when you, quote, invited me to Sweeney Todd, here's what you said. Okay. You were like, we're having, do you want to come for tacos? And I was like, obviously, yes. Obviously, yes. Um, and then. I do make some dope-ass tacos. Yes, you make dope as everything. Thank you. Um, Please but, tell me all the time. Yeah, I will. Um, and then you're like, we're watching Sweeney Todd. And then David got all squeamish because of the way he is. And so he had all these questions. Are we going to be watching Sweeney Todd while we eat the tacos? And he made me, I was like, would you feel better if I asked Kate? And he was like, yes, yes, I would. This is fine that I tell this story because he doesn't listen to this podcast. Right. Um, and so I asked you and you're like, no, we're watching it now. I didn't understand. Like you're, you just said literally watching Sweeney Todd. When? When now, am I involved? I genuinely was thought not. that you were going to be with us all day. So you kind of like this threw me when you went to the other museum. <laughs> and so, Which I told you that I was going to do. I know, and I encouraged you to go, remember? Yeah. But then I thought afterwards, well, you'd be with us. Like, yeah. hey, we're going to watch Sweeney Todd. We're like, putting up curtains. Fuck your curtains. Lauren you was your, home. Do you want your drill back? Not really. Lauren was home. Okay. Also, she and Ellen hit a deer on the way back to Detroit. I heard that. So now Ellen has had the full Michigan experience. She has. Like, well, we didn't take her to a brewery, but other than that. Whew. Okay, that was, yeah. A little bit of side notes there, guys. <laughs> I think I almost think we should leave it in there because I know they listen to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, guys. Uh, so this podcast is not about what our friends did on the weekend. So this is our weekend update. <laughs> weekend update with Kate and Jen. Yeah. Maybe we should cut all of that, actually. I don't know. Uh, anyway. What uh, did you guys do this weekend? I'll tie it in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I need to watch a spooky movie. You need to watch a spooky movie. Which one do you want to watch? Um. Well, I've... I always have a yearly hankering to watch my one true love, The Awakening. Okay. I have had a hankering for that one, Tambien. Mm-hmm. And The Others. I really need to watch The Others Let's watch real soon. both of them. Saturday? Yes. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing on Saturday, but I'm it's that. I'm having dinner with my parents, but you're welcome to join us. What day is Halloween? The 31st? <laughs> I know that! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> don't slam the table anymore. I know. Oh, Halloween is next week. Oh, we've got time. Anyway. Yes. So, of yes. course Halloween is next week. Today is only the 21st. Yeah. Do you That's know what tomorrow f- is? The 22nd. My birthday. 
Oh my god, it totally snuck up on me. I knew you. Oh my god, Jeff, happy birthday! Thank you. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'm such a douche canoe. I already thought it was like November. Like I'm past Halloween. I've mm-hmm. moved forward. I'm in quarter four. Oh, so. it's I mean, I like I just said, I barely know what day it is. This like I didn't know I didn't really realize until last week that this was coming and I was like, oh, right. Everybody, uh, if you'll just join me for a second singing wherever you are, happy birthday to Jeff, uh, and a one, and a two. Happy no, don't sing it! Happy to you. Stop it, stop it right now. Happy birthday <laughs> She's doing the sexy dancing. I hate this song now. We're going to get sued. This is copyrighted. birthday, Mrs. Jeff and I hear everything. <laughs> Happy birthday! Oh God! <laughs> to you. It was unsettling for me too. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. Oh. Um. So tomorrow is going to be the day where you're going to sit on Facebook, being like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." Yeah, and by tomorrow you mean it will actually be Thursday and Friday, in which I will say that. But like, you don't just really like stay on top of it throughout the day. Oh, no, no. Okay. Actually, yeah. With all of my Facebook acquaintances, oh, friends and family, I will gotcha. be saying the cursory thank you. Thank you. Th- By the way, I'm sorry. I never wish anyone happy birthday on Facebook because you, I, I am a terrible person and I don't care. I do the same thing. Here's how I make myself feel better about it. Mm-hmm. I hid my birthday, too. <gasps> so I don't have to say happy birthday to anybody because they cannot say happy birthday to me. I'm gonna do that. It's genius. It was. I might do that tonight, honestly, so that nobody knows. It was the smartest thing I've ever done. I say it like, not to sound like a dick, but I have like 700 Facebook friends. Yeah, I've and it's so much to keep up with, and so I just excused myself from it for life. <laughs> yeah. So we are recording this on Monday, the 21st. So yes, by the time this comes out, my birthday was two days ago. So that's that, and I might just go on Facebook. Right now. And yeah. So and go into settings it. and then make it so only you and can see your only birthday. you special, special people will know. That's true. Okay, that was, we're moving on from that. Yeah, um, moving right along. So this week, <laughs> now that we're how many minutes in? It's fine. How we're, many minutes are we in? Six minutes. Oh, we're fine. Uh, no, okay, so this week, uh, it's so appropriate that I just sang the Muppet song. Moving right along. Footloose and fancy free. Because the original Muppet movie mm-hmm. is about a great overland voyage. Is it now? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I am not as deep into it, I guess. Listen, I'm really passionate about the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really passionate about the Muppets. I'm a Miss Piggy who married a Kermit. You literally are, yeah. I, this is yeah, true. I know who I am. Who would I be? <sighs> Rizzo the Rat. <laughs> no, no. That's the highest compliment I've I kind of love that. He's my favorite Muppet. All right. Um, Dan is Kermit, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And I think David is Robin. Who's the little tiny? Oh, you know what? I lied. He could be Skeeter, too. Okay. And in, in moments, he could also be chef. Herba derba derba derba. What the fuck are you saying, David? <laughs> <sighs> so in uh, so where were you going with this? It's an overland voyage. An yeah. important trip of discovery. Overseas voyage. Right. Not the original Muppet movie. They go in a Studebaker. 
Well, that's not what this episode is about. I, I'm making comparisons, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, uh, we are talking about Voyage, a specific man's Voyages of Discovery, Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson. Oh, I like the way you said that all Eliza Doolittle. Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you want me to tell oh, you? I would love to tell you a little bit about Henry Hudson. Um, so would you just jump in and tell me everything you know about Henry Hudson? Yeah. So first of all, early life, not a lot. No. Not a lot. Just <laughs> came from obscurity. Started from the bottom. Now we here. Exactly. Uh, also, fun fact, has the most amount of water named after him. Dope. So, you too can start from nothing and, well, you probably can't get any water named after you. Maybe if we, uh... Find water on Mars. Find water on Mars. So, there yeah. you go. Dream yeah. big. Uh, so, he was born sometime between 1565 and 1570. I really want there to be a Lake Kate now. Ooh. Right? Doesn't that just sound good? Lake Kate. Lake Kate. What lake is this? Lake Kate. Kate? Lake. I, I like that less. Okay. Uh, a Kate Lake sounds like I didn't make it to the bathroom. Oh. I was thinking of Alex Mack. Oh. Also bad. <laughs> uh, so he was born in England, uh, as you can tell from his name. Um, most... Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson. Uh, so, yeah. Little is known about his early life, except that he spent many years at sea, beginning as a cabin boy and working his way... All the way up to the rank of captain. Captain. Yes. Uh, so this took some amount of years because really the only... Date... We're not a hundo on when this guy was born. No, we're not a hundo on when this guy was born. And really, there's really there's not anything to say concretely until 1607. <laughs> Which is damn near the end of motherfucker's life. Yeah, so he's kind of like Jesus. Was born... Did fuck knows what, and then three months before he dies, he shows back up again. <laughs> um, I'm going to hell. Now, um, so... In Listen, six- honey, that is not the thing that's putting you over the edge. <sighs> yeah. Probably friendship with me is. Oh. Uh, the so, company you keep. Yes. In uh, 1607-8, he headed an expedition on behalf of the English merchants to find a northeast passage through the Arctic Circle to Cathay, which is another version or another name for China. Really? I had no idea. How did I never know that? But also, it was... They also thought that there was an entirely separate culture called China. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, their understanding of the East was the same as mine when I was in elementary school. Um, yeah. So yeah. they're like, go like find it. <laughs> I feel like you were waiting for me to insult you, and I didn't. Yeah, because that's a perfectly normal thing to Absolutely. have when you're five. Right. Um, <laughs> so obviously, he was unsuccessful. <laughs> well... Hang on. Okay. He was unsuccessful in that there is no way to get through the ice up there. Yeah. But his he had success in other ways. He did. He made a name for himself. He yes. uh, not, I believe, is it, a, are you about to say that no man died? Oh, no, I mean, oh, sure. Okay. But... So this was one of the first voyages of this kind where not a single life of a crew member was lost. So he established himself as like the giant brass balls of the sea. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like to to do an expedition where you don't lose a single fucking guy when you're going into unknown lands and yeah. waters, that to say nothing of food shortages and scurvy and onboard disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically like. Dude either had a pact with God and or the devil, mm-hmm. and Maybe he was both. able to get through it. Yeah. So th- that's one thing that he got, even if he didn't get. So he was unsuccessful in finding Cathay or China, right. but was successful in not killing any of his crew. Or himself. Or himself. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Magellan couldn't do it, <laughs> right, I think? I don't know. Honestly. Yeah, Ferdinand Magellan would have circumnavigated the world, but he didn't quite make it. Really? Yeah, he was killed in the Pacific Ocean, in the Pacific Sea. Deal, like Pacific Islanders uh, murdered him. I think. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, and I could honestly, I could totally have the wrong sailor in mind, but that feels right. So, guys, if I get it wrong, would you send it a little note? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Explorers, not my forte. So. <laughs> Uh, 1609, the Dutch East India Company. Boo. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just my habit to boo the Dutch. <laughs> I married a Dutch. Yeah. You're a Dutch. I am a Dutch. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Dutch East India Ooh. Company slash the VOC, which we looked up the actual words of that the other day, and I am not going to attempt it. Nope. Just trust us, guys. VOC is better. VOC. Uh, they hired Hudson to basically do the same thing. <laughs> They're like, you know what? You didn't find it, but let's try again. Right. You didn't lose anybody. Here we all are. As you might know at this point in time, everyone just wants all them good spices. I found a meme on Twitter the other day that was like, you know, for all of white people's like uh, efforts and bloodshed to find spices, it's a real shame that we never use any of them. (laughs) True. Accurate. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, this was the time when everyone was trying to find Routes to the east, find the fastest route, find the safest route. Um, Deal with the most reliable people, create uh, unique trading opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, yeah, there's a lot to that. Yeah. Now this is over 100 years after Columbus failed to find that route. Which he went to his grave insisting that he had found it. He's a fucking idiot. He was so stupid, it's painful. (laughs) Yeah. To say nothing of... (laughs) Spreading syphilis from goats to people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's so, so uh, North America had been discovered by by now is what right. I'm trying to say. They knew there was a whole ass lump of land in the middle. Yes, uh, because white people failing their way to the top. Um, <laughs> Damn, it's depressing. All right, I'm sorry. Columbus Day just happened, and I'm still mad about it. Yeah, but we're talking about Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson, who was hopefully less problematic. He doesn't seem to have wrought as much havoc. Yeah, uh, because by that point, most of the Inuit people that he would have been interacting with had learned to stay the fuck away from boats like this. Uh, Hang on, I'm going to flip to my notes for a second. Oh, here we go. Um, Because uh, another Englishman who constantly read The Travels of John Mandeville, which is a fake account of traveling to new wondrous worlds, uh, his name was Martin Frobisher, very English name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he explored Canada. He landed on Baffin Island, mm-hmm. where he found shiny ore. Turned out to be fucking pyrite, idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while he was there, he also kidnapped an Inuit woman and child. Oh, they died uh, sometimes later. Uh, so yeah, he just casually kidnapped people, and the Inuit learned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When was that? Martin Frobisher. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Working on it. Yeah. Working on it. The trouble is, uh, I did most of my research auditorily. Oh. That's not a word. Audibly. Using Audible. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm listening to a lecture series right now called The Great Courses. Oh. And the specific title of don't, this... Don't... We'll bleep that out because we, we don't get any money for them. Oh, right. Okay. Just kidding. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> you know what? The Great Courses are so cool. I'm all right with advertising for them for free, but fuck Audible. Because um, they haven't given us money yet. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's how I got excited about this whole subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it's The title of the series is called Humanity's Greatest Voyages of Discovery. Mm. And it is... Uh, so it's given by Professor Vejas Gabriel Lulavacious, um, and he is a professor for the University of Frankfurt, Kentucky. All right. Yeah, it's a really good lecture series. I'm enjoying it immensely. Henry Hudson is chapter 12. Well, there you go. Tune in. Uh, by the way, this information that I'm working off of right now, good old Wikipedia. God bless Wikipedia. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, where was I? Do, do, do. Okay. 1609, the Dutch East India Company, so VOC, hired Hudson to head an expedition to find the Eastern Passage to Asia. He was told to sail through the Arctic Ocean north of Russia into the Pacific, which goes right across the North Pole. Would work, but yeah. In a couple of years, it probably will work. Yeah. See, the pesky thing is ice. We'll get to that in a minute. Ice. Straight ahead. (laughs) Everywhere. (laughs) Uh, So while he was waiting in Amsterdam for supplies and stuff to be gathered, he heard rumors of a northwest route to the Pacific through North America. But uh, he departs on a ship called the Halve Men, which translates to Half Moon. Oh. How was my Dutch, friends? I don't know. Um, I don't know if we have any Dutch listeners. Maybe we would if I stopped booing them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he departs on the Halve Main and attempts the eastern route, uh, departing on April 4th, but finds himself in the passage surrounded by ice. So uh, like many before him, he was forced to turn around in mid-May near the North Cape of Norway. But instead of going back to Amsterdam like every other explorer did, uh, he decided, I'm going to go chase this rumor that I heard. <laughs> and so he... Do you know who he heard the rumor from? Not that Wikipedia knows, but... I'm going to tell you. Okay. John Smith. What the fuck? That John Smith. That John Smith. Not mm. Not, mm. not the movie John Smith. Not, not, not Mel yellow Gibson. Yellow-haired Mel Gibson John Smith. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, John Smith. Uh, was an acquaintance and a a, a com- contemporary of God. All I'm coming up with is Herbert Hoover. Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson. <laughs> uh, with Henry Hudson, and he gave him the hint of an inland route uh, that would travel across underneath Canada and through the United States, or what would become the United States. Mm. Boom. Wow. Shakola cola. Fun. So yeah, Henry Hudson decided to chase that rumor and decides to just. Keep going west. Yes, keep on keeping on, man. Yeah. Uh, So they reached the Grand Banks of Newfoundland on the 2nd of July and landed in La Havre in Nova Scotia in mid-July where they met Native Americans who had been trading with the French. So there's already been some European claws. Absolutely. But, you know, French fur traders are historically more chill. Yeah, uh, French fur traders were historically more chill because they weren't seeking to colonize. Yeah. Their goals were to make a fuck ton of money, mm-hmm. which 
they were very successful at. Yeah. Uh, have a great time. Mm-hmm. And if they could, collect a couple souls for Jesus along the way. Mm-hmm. And would really, the fur traders weren't so much interested in that. They just allowed the Jesuits to come with them. Yeah, they're like, fine. Fine, you're fine. Come. You get done to you. Ah, we. Allons-y. How's my French, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, so they chilled there for a minute, um, and then they kept going south. They do, 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 they land in Cape Cod on August 4th, and then travel down to the Chesapeake Bay. Don't go into the Chesapeake Bay, but decide to turn back north, finding Delaware Bay, but, um, and then continue on north to the mouth of what was known at the time as the North River, or... Mauritius? Mauritius? Sure. I don't know how that's pronounced. Um, Does so it look like M-A-U-R-I-T-U-S? Or T-I-U-S. Hmm. Mauritius. Whatever. You know what? I've, heard, I've seen the word a bazillion times. I also don't know how to say it. And if anybody wants to tell us, do so without being smug. Yeah. Because it's worth noting, just like the foyer, foyer thing, uh, <laughs> as a lesson to myself, uh-huh. a chagrined person, uh-huh. uh, when you make fun of people for the words that they only read about, it's not fair. Well, oh, I mean, a- I fully grew up saying foyer for my whole life. So, oh, right. But yes, uh, don't make fun of me for this word. And also, this is the last time you're going to hear it. So, so there you go. Who cares? The North River was called the Morris something. Bye. Yep. Morris <laughs> River. Um, but... That's not what it's known any as anymore. What's it called now? Now it's called the Hudson River. Holy shit! That river, the New York Hudson. Yeah, the New York Hudson. Dope. Starts near Manhattan, goes all the way up to uh, forming near. I don't know if I think it forms north near Lake Placid and flows down. I think that seems correct because I know eventually it connects with the Erie Canal Causeway. Yes. Yeah, because the Erie Canal starts from around the Hudson River and goes west. Mm-hmm. So, X. Yep. T. It's whatever. <laughs> X and T are often the same letter. Listen, as it's like know. an XY axis. That's why the word exit is almost impossible for most people. Hmm. Uh, or extent, or, you know, there's a lot of words wow. where those symbols are interchangeable, Jen. Yeah. Um, so, September 3rd, 1609, that's when Hudson and his crew entered the would-be Hudson River. And Roughly. Yeah, they, they... Tenderly. How did they enter her? Okay. <laughs> I regretted it the moment I said it, and I was hoping to just kind of skate by it. I don't know why you think it would. <laughs> I don't know. You've been my friend for a long time. Yeah. Um, so they sailed up the river um, to about Albany before realizing that it was probably not going to be the Northwest Passage they were looking for, and they decided to turn back. Mm-hmm. Which is where we start our legend. <laughs> While he's in New York? Yes. All right. So there is a legend that I am sad that I didn't really hear about when I was living in the Catskills. Yeah, was, you fucking lived there. I lived like an hour and a half away from where this supposedly happened. But anyway, in the Catskill Mountains of New York, uh, there are allegedly... Where dirty dancing happens. Yes. Uh, and season two of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Um, but also allegedly home to the Catskill Gnomes. The what? The Catskill Gnomes. No. Wait, like Washington Irving? Yes. What? We'll get to that. So, and I want to really preface this by saying that I couldn't really track down the historical veracity of this legend. 
And there are lots of legends about the gnomes. They're either called gnomes or pygmies or whatever. I don't know if this is referring to an actual tribe of like little people or something. So I'm like really hoping that this isn't like super problematic and referring to real people. I don't think it is. Okay. I always thought that Washington Irving made it up. Well, it was also apparently a Native American legend that there is these gnomes or pygmies living up in the mountains. Really? Yes. I'll get to So okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm so too this excited. Is, I'm too excited. This is where it all comes from. So, yes, I will preface this by saying that I'm going to be, like, reading some, like, stories of it. And I hope that this is not problematic in any way. Right. <laughs> so, if it is, guys, we're so sorry. We are trying to be better than most people. Yeah. This is folklore. And so, anyway... So this is um, a folklore story of the Catskill Gnomes at, retold by S.E. Schlosser, um, and you can find it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Schlosser's a great last name. Yeah, it is. It's, not, it's a real person's name. Yep. <laughs> um, and you can find it on AmericanFolklore.net. Um, so I'm just going to just gonna read. I read can't it. wait. Yeah. So this is sometime after September 3rd. Um, that night, Henry Hudson and his crew anchored the Hall of Maine in the shadow of the Catskill Mountains. Around midnight, Hudson heard the sound of music floating across the mountains and down the river. Taking a few members of his crew, he went ashore and followed the sound up and up into the Catskills. The sound of the music grew louder as Hudson and his men marched up to the edge of a precipice. To their astonishment, a group of pygmies with long, bushy beards and eyes like pigs were dancing what and singing. What does that mean, eyes like pigs? I don't know. <laughs> eyes like so pigs. So this is the part where I'm like, is it a cryptid or is it an actual person? Like, I <laughs> don't know. All right. Um, they were dancing and singing and capering about in the firelight. Hudson realized that these creatures were the, the metal-working gnomes of whom the natives had spoken. So, like I said, they're area tribes that are also referring to these gnomes and it was a part of their lore as well but i don't think there were anybody i don't i don't think there were tribes that were doing metal work in that time period right so hopefully we're not being assholes yeah one of the bushy bearded chaps spotted the explorer and his men and welcomed them with a cheer the short men surrounded the crew and drew them into the firelight and the dance Hudson and his men were delighted with these strange, small creatures and with the hard liquor that the gnomes had brewed. Long into the night, the, the men drank and played nine pins with the gnomes, while Henry Hudson sipped at a single glass of spirits uh, and spoke with the chief of the gnomes about many deep and mysterious things. Realizing at last how late it was, Hudson looked around for his men. At first, he couldn't locate them. All he saw were large groups of gnomes laughing and joking as they sprawled around the fire. Then, to his astonishment, he recognized several of the gnomes as his crewmen. They had undergone a transformation. Their heads had swollen to twice their normal size, their eyes were small and pig-like, and their bodies had shortened until they were only a little taller than the gnomes themselves. Hudson was alarmed and asked the chief of the gnomes for an explanation. It was, the chief explained to Hudson, the effect of the magical hard liquor the gnomes brewed. It would wear off when the liquor did. Hudson wasn't sure that he believed the little man. Afraid of what else might happen to him and his crewmen if they continued to linger in such company, Hudson hurriedly took his leave of the gnomes and hustled his severely drunken crewmen back to the the Halvamain. 
The entire crew slept late into the morning as if they were under the influence of a sleeping drop. Draft. Mm -hmm. I always want to say draw, too. (laughs) Reading. Uh, When they awakened, the crewmen who had accompanied Hudson up to the Catskill Mountains, aside from a ferocious headache, were back to normal. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I have heard that before, but I didn't really clock that it was Henry Hudson. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to poke one little hole. Okay. Oh, you don't think this is real? Uh, You know. Okay. Maybe. Uh, but I'm just going to note that Henry Hudson was an avid journalist, like mm-hmm. journaler. He, he journaled. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's in his journals. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it would have been a bigger story, uh, more like top-heavy in all the research yeah, I've done. Yeah, yeah, uh, if that had happened. So, no, I don't I, I don't think that's real. Uh, but are those the same little men who affect Rip Van Winkle? They are, so right? So, let me, let me explain. Okay. Um, so, first of all, the legend has it that every 20 years... From the from that day, um, Henry Hudson's ghost returns to the Catskills to play nine pin bowling with the gnomes. And I did the math, and unfortunately, we are just in the off decade. Damn of that it! Happening, it's going to be twenty twenty nine. Well, I plan to still be alive. Exactly, but I was really hoping <coughs> that it was twenty nineteen. That like would have been so convenient. An anniversary that would have been awesome. All right, well, ten years from now, guys, let's all meet in the Catskills. Mm-hmm. See what shakes. Yeah. So. And if nothing shakes, it's all dirty dance. Exactly. Um, So speaking of dirty dancing, this the Catskill gnomes are a thing in the Catskills. Um, Just because of Washington Irving, though, right? There is a a now closed hotel in High Mount, New York, which is like exactly an hour and a half away from Cooperstown, (laughs) Um, and. It's, yeah, like I said, it's closed now, but it was one of those, like, 1960s resorts, uh, hotels, at least I think it was, but it was open during that time. And they had this kind of legend tradition of the Catskill gnomes um, showing up once a year, kind of like, and they compare it to uh, Brigadoon, where it's there. And And then it's gone. And then it's gone. I hate it <laughs> if all of a sudden i'm out there you know dirty dancing having mm-hmm. a hula hoop contest minding my own business with my family mm-hmm. trying to get away from the huge swaths of killer mosquitoes that they have in the catskills yeah uh and then all of a sudden a bunch of like naval high pigmen show up no 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 they don't show up like in your camp so or in your hotel okay good cuz so, i would, like, i would have to start fighting them the hotel is located um, in High Mount. And so there's there's like a few like mountains or hills that, that are, are higher than that the are, High Mount? No, that you can see oh, from there. Like okay. and when you're in the Catskills, you can see like rolling hills and sure, mountains sure, sure. forever in like the distance. Like a mountain range. Yes. So um, I they, they say either on Monka Hill behind the hotel or on Slide Mountain facing the hotel across Big Indian Valley. Um, it, that's where the alleged location of the camp is. So, uh, and then it goes on to describe them. And so they kind of describe the Native American legend too, where they believe that the supernaturally hot forges of the Catskill gnomes are what caused the brief surge of warm temperatures that happen every so often when you call a quote, Hmm. Indian summer. (laughs) Hmm. So maybe it's all just a weather myth. Because this is basically 
The nine pin bowling is supposed to be like thunder and heat lightning, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. So this is, and the flashes of light are from hitting the forge. So this oh. is all a tale. Now <laughs> I am comforted. Yes. Because so, I was totally about to like go to the Catskills and start yeeting some pigmen. Like just <laughs> yeah, yoink them and then yeet them. Yeah. Which, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the terms yoink and yeet, yoink means to pull towards you. Yoink, I'm taking this. And then yeet means to throw bodily away from you. Yeet. I shall yeet it away. <laughs> You're so cool with the teens. <laughs> Thank you. Mind if you tell me that one? Uh, I had to like, <laughs> I had to look that one up and it, it was like, oh, it's from this vine. And I was like, oh, I'd seen the vine. I just didn't actually understand that that's what she was saying sure uh my baby cousin harper tells me which bands to download now and he's right mm-hmm. he turned me on to marshmallow marshmallow is pretty good yeah i uh, don't know what that is um do i care to find out we'll see you need an eight-year-old in your life yeah uh so anyway so it is it kind of starts feeling more like oh this is just how people are explaining the weather yeah um, so that definitely takes on a more supernatural kind of myth folklore yes. tone. Um, there, this article, which is called The Gnomes of the Catskills by someone. It's published on Balladeer's blog. Great. <laughs> so maybe it's written by Balladeer themselves. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they also refer to the liquor as their as eldritch ale and it's an addictive liquor made from the mountain spring water as well as various secret ingredients fun um, and they say the finishing touch to the strange brew was the submersion of an ingot of gnome's mystical metal in each tub of the beverage hmm. yeah and it says that Anyone who dared to visit the camp of the Catskill Gnomes during its brief visit to Earth each year would be welcome to their nightly celebrations. Those bacchanalias were fueled by the maddeningly intoxicating drink, but after the good times were over, the guests would realize that just like the Hotel California, you could check out of the camp of the Gnomes at any time, but you could never leave. On a dark, dusty highway. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah, they say that the enchanted drink of the Catskill Gnomes would transform anyone who drank it into one of the short bearded pig-eyed gnomes themselves and those unfortunates were stuck in the camp forever so that differs from the other tale where they were fine the next day well maybe just because henry hudson caught on so quick Mm -hmm. he was like wait 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 that guy what's going on so as you correctly guessed this also is the basis of the Rip Van Winkle story. Okay. So the Rip Van Winkle is set. Ooh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just caveat. Uh, that's we need to watch Sleepy Hollow. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Also, another place I didn't go to when I was living very close to. Get your shit together. Grad school is hard. I know. And it very used time up consuming. All of your available processing. And power. also every single weekend of October, I was. Haunting our local haunted house. So I had no time. Well, and I assume you were late for them too. So so you were very, you were the late gen while you were haunting. That was a terrible joke. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for still being my friend even though I told you that joke. So, so in case you are unfamiliar with the tale of Rip Van Winkle, um, it is... 
uh, the story of a man named Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> In case you can tell, he's Dutch. Boo. He is Dutch. <laughs> and he lives... In the Hudson Valley River, or River Valley, or the foot of the Catskill Mountains, which is basically the same thing. Um, and this takes place before the American Revolutionary War. Um, so on one autumn day, uh, he wanders up the mountains with his dog, Wolf. What an original name. I bet you had a cat, a black cat named Blackie. Yeah. Or by that logic, it would be like a black cat named Jaguar or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just like or another dog at home was named Rover. Like, just like yeah. really lame names. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he he's wandering up the mountains, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, to escape his wife's nagging. Um, that's fun. Really? That's fun. I don't remember that as part of I'm the I'm just story going from the summary. I have not read this story. You don't, you're not familiar with this one? I'm like vaguely familiar with right, it. Right, because this is a good one. It's like... Everyone's vaguely familiar with it. Also a little bit, I just love Washington Irving. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he like wanders into the, the mountains, hears his name called out and sees a man wearing an antiquated Dutch clothing. He is carrying a keg up the mountain and requires help. Uh, they hear, they dis- he discovers the th- source of thunderous noises, a group of ornately dressed, silent, bearded men who are playing nine pins. So... He, they would have to set up the pins by hand because there was no cult to have built automatic pin setting yet. Wow. Yep. <laughs> um, so Every time I think about bowling, that's all I can think about. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so like they also have the liquor and he falls asleep and he uh, ends up sleeping for years and that's... Like a hundred years, right? Um... It's like old, it's like decades at least, right? Because okay. when was it written? Oh. Okay. <laughs> I assume forever ago, possibly during the Ice Age. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, the war has been won, and it's now America. And he's like, I am a loyal servant of King George. And they're like, what? And so um, basically, anyway, so they... There's a legend that Dutch settlers, particularly the children, say that whenever thunder is heard, it's the men in the mountains must be playing nine pins. Cute. Yeah. So I had no idea that Henry Hudson had a connection to... Upstate New York. Upstate. Well, I mean, obviously I knew he had a connection to upstate New York because of the Hudson River. But, like... Honestly, he could have been a different Hudson. Like, there's so many people. I mean, I knew that much. But... Oh, okay. I didn't realize that he was connected to Rip Van Winkle. Well, there you go. And that there were gnomes. Think about how many songs in, like, the American Songbook reference the Hudson River. Like, right now I'm thinking of New York State of Mind. And, like, yeah. when Billy Joel's talking about the Hudson River line, he's talking about Henry Hudson's Hudson River line. Wow. I know. It's Do you want to know what I think of whenever I hear about the Hudson River? Please tell me. There's a very specific part towards the end of National Treasure when Nicholas... Which I still haven't seen. This is a fucking crime. Bigger than the crime of stealing the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> which, if you didn't know, happens in the movie. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> we need to remedy this ASAP. But there's a part near the end where Nicolas Cage jumps into the Hudson River and... With the Declaration of Independence? No. Okay. Um... Because that would be a lot of real people, dangerous damage to a parchment to a parchment artifact. Yeah, I mean you'll cry in other ways, but um, 
Actually, no, it's not that bad. Um, but there's people in a helicopter, like, looking for him, and which is why he jumped in the Hudson River. And yeah, it's, like, the filthiest river in the world, Exactly. Right? And the line is, like, Kid, do you have eyes on him? And they're, like, sir, it's the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I think of every time. Uh, so I took swimming classes all summer to, like, I was unemployed. So mm-hmm. no one can tell you're crying if you're in the water. <laughs> I know. It's fine. Um, but anyway, so my the guy who taught our class actually went and he swam around uh, New York Harbor and the Statue of Liberty is like part of a big mm-hmm. swimming 4th of July event. And I was like, I can't believe you're getting in the fucking Hudson. And he was like, worse than that, I'm not going to wear goggles. I I never saw him again. Did he get a staph infection? I assume he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe like a rat king or a New York City uh, like sewer crocodile ate him mm-hmm. i never saw him again so who knows that's yeah well do you want to go back to the land of facts i mean fine i'm gonna be a little dull today i all i have is facts but okay. i was really excited about the facts and i have a lot of facts okay okay so in addition to my great courses learning i also found a really great great website mm-hmm. uh it is called it's from, uh, I assume he's a scholar, Ian Chadwick. He's the author. Uh, the website is ianchadwick.com. Wow. I know. Uh, forward slash Hudson. And then it has individually all of the four uh, voyages of Henry Hudson in extreme detail, complete with... Well, why the fuck didn't I see that? It, because it's not search engine optimized. It hasn't been updated since 2007. Oh. Well, then how the fuck did you find that? Because You're I... You're better at researching than I A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. Uh, what it probably is is that I have more time than you. Which, which, which makes sense, because I do have a full-time job. And I do not. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and I had guests all weekend. You're right. You just suck. I don't know. Yeah, I'll just get lazy. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, I Our furnace wasn't working, so it was... Your furnace wasn't working. You have every... Like, you recently had flooding. Yeah. You are under a plague right now. You my, have, like... There is a pox upon my house. Exactly. Um, and I just happened to get lucky. I need to find the Native American bones buried in our yard. Because I assume that is why this is happening. Okay. I had this. I went on this whole Twitter rampage the other day. I was like, "Is this what all haunted house stories are really about? Just like the perils you face owning a new home? Like, is that what the like freaking Amityville horror is about? They just yeah. didn't want to deal with a broken furnace. No, in every house. Ev- okay, I firmly, firmly, firmly believe. That every time you buy a new house, the mm-hmm. house has to test you. Mm-hmm. All right. So away from mythology, back to sex. <laughs> away from haunted houses away that are really just testing you. That curse. So Henry Hudson. This is his final, his fourth and final voyage. Oh, yeah. Because he, he, he goes back to England. He does. In fact, <laughs> when, he, when he goes back to England on the half moon, he actually gets arrested, low-key arrested by the English government. I'm sorry. Because he was a traitor. <laughs> Oh, he flew with he flew. He piloted for the VOC and they were England's greatest enemy because the um, VOC was incredibly powerful and they were in direct yeah. opposition to England. Yeah. Cuz yeah. you know, you, if you don't got land, you got to take the sea. That's I'm just saying. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, they literally took land from the sea. They did. They were like, this is ours now. We're going to build it up with mm-hmm. a series of dikes. So, uh, he England looks- gets mad because the Dutch are better. Boo. 
<laughs> anyway, he lost a lot of goodwill on that last voyage uh-huh. uh, for working for the but VOC. But he had fun drinking and, and meeting pig people. Of course. Um, it was really the friends he made along the way. It really was. Uh, so the VOC was a big problem for the English. Now, the VOC was looking to roust the control that Spain and Portugal had had over these trade empires. Now, for the record, I will continue to smack talk uh, England and the rivalry with the Dutch because I don't give a shit about like Dutch versus England, but I will freely admit that both the Dutch and the English were fucking horrible to all of the rest of the world. So... I don't think we can underplay how horrible Spain and Portugal were. Yeah, basically anyone from Europe, terrible colonizers, exploiting all these lands that they're discovering. Albania never did anything to anybody, but, uh, you know. But when I say... Right. Those European powers... Dutch, I mean, really, like, just in comparison to England. Right. (laughs) Like, you Um, all should know this. (laughs) I need it to be a very parent. (laughs) So they were a rival to the East India Trading Company, but they were actually much larger. Uh, They controlled... Boobs! (laughs) They controlled the Spice Islands of Batavia, Java. Uh, They had violently expelled the Portuguese in literal trade wars. Like, they literally had a standing army, and they destroyed Portugal over these islands. Shit. Uh, They had plantations all over the world. In fact, the Dutch VOC was probably the first global company mm-hmm. to have global reach um they put their logos the voc letters on their ships on their warehouses and even on the coins that they minted themselves mm-hmm. arguably they were the government of the netherlands yeah if you've ever read they're like the amazon of <laughs> that's right uh if you've ever read the or the halliburton <laughs> if you've ever read the Matrix, though uh, you can see some of the reach that the VOC had. Not a great book, but not a bad book. All I could think of with Halliburton was <laughs> that 30 Rock joke. Do you know who makes your jeans? Halliburton, bitch. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Um, so Deep the, cuts all around. <laughs> we're getting real real tonight, guys. Uh, the Netherlands was the first truly commercial society. Everything was about who had money. It, they had expelled themselves from... The yoke of Spanish uh, during the reign of King Charles II, mm-hmm. and so and they didn't they have made a lot no... of art to celebrate all of the things that they had. Well, because they were a commercial society, uh, you're right. They they were the first to sell stocks in company. That company was the VOC. They created fortunes for people who would otherwise have very modest incomes, mm-hmm. and then they spent those mo- that, those fortunes, yes, on really secular art. <laughs> Not always secular. Uh, there there were. Intense allegories in a lot of them. Right. I wrote a whole research paper about them. I'm so glad. I'm just saying there's different levels of art, and they did do highest, higher levels too, but you're yes. right. They certainly did celebrate the commonplace yeah. in secular I mean, art. Vermeer was a Catholic. Awesome. And he made very allegorical Catholic art. Yep. Uh, but he also painted regular people. And it was the golden age of and the he's Dutch my masters. favorite painter. Is he? Yeah. Valid. He's, He's really very good. good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was the, the age of Dutch master painters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a whole, I will show you my PowerPoint sometime uh, about the Dutch masters because I get really excited about it. Same. Uh, so the VOC was so powerful that in addition to having 50,000 employees, which was enormous at the time, 
Uh, they had a private army, like I said, mm-hmm. and they had legal rights <laughs> given by their government to make war or peace or even sign treaties on behalf of the government without, you know, bringing the governors in. I mean, I recognize that this is all very problematic, but also I'm very proud and patriotic right now. I feel like you shouldn't be. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the we, we ruled the world, and it was very bad, but we ruled the world. <laughs> and I'm so, so sorry. Of course, the goal was to but get... I'm not sorry to Europe. <laughs> the goal is to get to the riches of Asia. Yeah. And the trouble with the riches of Asia is that once you get there, you've got nothing that they want. You know? Yeah, because they've got all the porcelain and the silk and the spices, and they're like, what do you got? And they're like, wooden shoes? And they're like, mm, no thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, so they have to start getting involved in the opium trade. Oh. And they really kind of uh, start the drug trade around the world. Yes, but England perfected that. <laughs> yes, they certainly did. <laughs> um, they hated the English, um, but they Boo, didn't. as they should. <laughs> <laughs> but they also agreed with the English about two things. Mm-hmm. That when Spain and Portugal wrote a treaty breaking up the rest of the New World as either Spain's territory or Portugal's treaty, that was bullshit and they didn't have to pay attention to it. Well, yeah, I fully agree there. And two, that Henry Hudson was dope as fuck. Yep. And that's why they hired him. Um, and that's why England got mad. England got real mad. So mad. So when Henry Hudson came back from his voyage to... The New World, new, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to London. To the Hudson River. To the Hudson River. Uh, they low-key arrested him. They didn't, like, full-on throw him in jail, but they were like, you're not allowed to leave England. You have to stay here. We have to watch you. His him. prison was the island of Britain. <laughs> it also ruined his reputation. Uh, people were viciously angry that he had possibly lost them this new world full of riches. And uh, they also... Leaders, the leaders were keenly aware that they better rehab him and bring him back into the fold too sweet because mm-hmm. he has a lot of really valuable information. Yeah. And if that Northwest Passage does exist, he's likely the man to find well, it. Well, yeah, you don't want to just, like, throw him away. Right. You don't want to throw away the whole man. That's going to be a theme. We're going to revisit that. <laughs> um, so in case they were to lose his knowledge and insight, they actually started giving him audiences with the Prince of Wales. And then the Prince of Wales was like, all right, this guy. Mm-hmm. And they started being seen in public. Is that the future Charles I? It was. Cool. <laughs> Doing mean, all the math. Good job. <laughs> um, so uh, the Prince of Wales at the time takes him under his wing. He's very socially popular. And he rehabs Henry Hudson's image. And then eventually loses all of his own. And then it's head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, So they sign him up for another voyage. Instead of going over Russia or the North Pole, they're going to try and go over Canada, which is still the Arctic Through the fucking Arctic. Here's a fun fact. (laughs) Do you know what the word Arctic means? No. It means the place of bears. What? Yeah. So Arctic. Not the place of ice? (laughs) Nope. Arctic. Like what? What is what can we call this land? Well, it's got some white bears. <laughs> the bear land of bears. Land of bears. So, what about all the ice? Doesn't matter. Listen, ice goes away. Bears never bears. go away. Ice goes away in a few centuries. <laughs> right. And so do the bears. <laughs> Turns out those are more related than we thought. <laughs> um, so Arctic is from the Latin Arctus, which is like a bear. It also just sounds like Arctic. Why would you ruin this for me? <laughs> You're right, though. It does. I'm never going to be able to not think of that. 
Good. <laughs> uh, if it were me saying it, you would have made the same joke. I pro- I don't know if I would have. I don't think it ever would have clicked for me. Oh. But I'm proud of you. Okay, thank you. So Antarctic means the place opposite of bears. Oh, my God. Where there are no bears. But there are penguins. There are penguins. But no penguins are like bears. Good job. Bad face. So now that we had that side voyage... Um, on this voyage, he, they started a new company. Mm -hmm. Uh, the companies all had fun names. So the Virginia company, of course, started Virginia company. (laughs) And what did they start? Jamestown in In Virginia. In what year? In 1607. Good job. So Jamestown, Virginia, 1607. Uh, I feel like since you're from a different Jamestown, I feel like you should have known that. Oh, that messed me up so much growing up. I was incapable of understanding that there was more than one Jamestown. And so, like, I knew in my head that it was because they said Virginia, that they were in Virginia. And I was like, so that doesn't sound like where I am. But they're also saying Jamestown, so that must be where I am. (laughs) There surely cannot be another. Yeah. There you go. Like I said before... Really good at geography when I was a child. <laughs> I guess in this case, I'm really grateful to be from Milwaukee. There's really only one Milwaukee. There's only one. There's a million Jamestowns. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Because there's a million Jameses. Yeah. And All right. Towns. So, uh, this voyage had a particularly great name. Uh-huh. The Company of Gentlemen. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was set up by the gentlemen who were surrounding uh, the Prince of Wales. And they were like, you know what? We're going to find fucking something. And it's possible that they weren't even really looking for a Northwest Passage. So more on that. Okay. There were other things to find in Canada. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about those things. Um, So the company of gentlemen. The company of gentlemen. Such a great name. Uh, They set sail with the ship, uh, the Discovery, which also could be the Discoverer. Uh, journalists, journaling, journalers of the time mm-hmm. call the ship both. Sounds like they just can't decide which one they like better. I mean, I think there was a lot of mumblers back then. <laughs> <laughs> What's the ship called? Discover. Discovery. Was that Discovery or Discoverer? Discoverer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Shakespeare couldn't spell the same, his name the same way twice. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is just... In fact, he never actually spelled it Shakespeare. The way we accept the word Shakespeare, he never once used yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Aliens. <laughs> so they set sail on the Discovery or Discoverer, which was a bark ship, 65 feet long, mm-hmm. 55 tons, the largest Hudson had ever sailed. Fancy. That being said, oh. <laughs> it was a really short, really high-sided boat. And a lot of those back then would just casually flip over. <laughs> Yeah. It was not a great design. It's not great. <laughs> so uh, they're lucky that they made it. Um, now they had, uh, they set sail April 17th of 1610. 1610. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, it's like, I know it's not nine. Right. Which one did I write down? Um, and they had with them uh, two ship's boys, one of whom was Henry Hudson's son, John. At the time, John was probably 16 or 17, mm. probably closer to 16. Uh, he also had 23 additional men, uh, four of whom were literate and kept journals. Fun. This is going to become important. Uh, the One of the most notable was Habicus Prickett. Oh. Yeah. So it's, I guess, according to Ian Chadwick, it's pronounced Habicus with a ha at the Habicus. Front, but it's spelled Abacus. <laughs> Let me look at it. He spells it 
One second. Oh, I'm sorry. Habakkuk. Not Habakkus. Habakkuk. Habakkuk Pricket. And they spell it A-B-A-C-U-C-K. Habakkuk Pricket. Okay. So uh, he is one very important nobody. He was not a man of any particular meaning to the ship. Mm-hmm. He was probably... Uh, he had been a servant of one of the company of gentlemen. The company of gentlemen. <laughs> and he was literate. So he was there to kind of set the record of the voyage. And he did. Did he ever. Mm. Uh, it turns out to be quite the voyage. So they on board, uh, like I said, were these 23 other men. And one of the men, his name is Jewett. He's the first mate. Uh, and he would actually go on to be a ringleader in what would result in Henry... Hudson's death. They also boarded a man later on whose name was Henry Green, where they might also have called him Hank. Hank Green. <laughs> I know, isn't that fun? Mm. Uh, I based that on nothing. I just wanted to say Hank Green's name because he's maybe, so hot. Maybe, maybe they did. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Henry Green was a close friend of Henry Hudson's. And we can tell that because we have record of him living at his house. Additionally, Henry Hudson takes up for Green a great deal during this voyage. What is puzzling is that Henry Green's a dick. Mm-hmm. He is a known rabble-rouser, gambler, fighter in London. And nobody knows quite why a rather upstanding man like Henry Hudson would have had anything to do with this fuckhead. Yeah. And it turns into a big-ass problem for him. The leading theory seems to be, according to Mr. Ian Chadwick, that... Green was supposed to sort of be the eyes and ears amongst the crew and that he would report back to Henry Hudson about what the crew was saying about him. Maybe he had some dirt on this Maybe. Maybe. Blackmail. So Henry Hudson had had a really good reputation, like I said. Um, But along the way of this trip, his reputation starts to get tarnished. Now, they had set out with eight months worth of food, which you would think would be enough for like a four-month voyage. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So they really start to see the food dwindle, and they're set upon by a number of illnesses, the most famous of which is... Scurvy. Of course. Yes. So scurvy, we talk about scurvy, you, your gums bleed, your mouth hurts to eat, so on and so forth. You're not getting enough fresh fruits and vegetables. Scur- scurvy can kill you. Like it can. It's a form of malnutrition that, if left untreated, can... Just wreck havoc on your skin, on your eyes. It's terrible. You you really can have a problem. Um, but the, the men were ardent sailors. They weren't put off. By August, they had finally hit Hudson Bay. Now, Henry Hudson was probably very excited to see <laughs> Hudson Bay. Because he looks on the map and he's like, look, a bay named after me. <laughs> How did they know? How exciting. <laughs> uh, the idea is that he thought that this would have been the opening of the Great North Passage. Yeah. And that this this wide body of water was not, in fact, a bounded uh, inland, but uh, something that would take him to the riches of Asia. Nope. Mm-hmm. So they start sailing around Hudson's Bay. And Hudson's Bay has really unusual currents. And remember, is in the fucking... Art- Arctic. Yeah, it's in the Arctic <laughs> with all the bears. And so um, the Arctic has a big problem with ice. Uh And as we fans of the show Titanic know, ice and boats, not always great. Mm -hmm. Not always great. Historically not, Additionally, Hudson's Bay has a really... Is it Hudson's Bay or Hudson Bay? Oh, am I doing that West Michigan thing where I add possessive S's to everything? Like Myers. Exactly. (laughs) Kroger's. Oh, I'm going to... I guess Wendy's is correct, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm going to go to Burger King's. Burger's King? 
Well, oh. I mean, that would be the more proper. <laughs> anyway, Cole's descent. <laughs> there are uh, currents that not only twist and turn throughout the bay, but also cross currents at the opens, openings. Mm-hmm. Look what you've done to me. I've broken you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the currents that go around the body of land will mm-hmm. affect the bay as well, which can send swirling ice into the side of your ship unpredictably. It can also throw ships that don't have a long enough draft off balance. Uh, All of these were problems. Additionally, when you're going amongst a bunch of little shitty islands and rocky outcroppings, you can occasionally hang your boat up on some of those rocky outcroppings. Mm. And the men warned Hudson about that, and he didn't fucking listen. (laughs) They got hung up on a boat on a rock for about 12 hours before it finally was free. Uh, Tensions were high, and there were accusations of food hoarding. So Hudson accused certain men of food hoarding, and they accused him right back hmm. that he was hoarding food for himself and his favorites. Eventually, he takes the very drastic action of displacing uh, Jewett. Remember we talked about him before? He was the first mate. He fires him, demotes him to a normal person on the ship, a normal sailor. That's awkward. So awkward. You're stuck on a boat with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you're fired. See you tomorrow. <laughs> right. And also now. <laughs> and also, I'm taking all of your money, oh, and I'm going to disperse it among men who I like more than you. Oh. So. And they're all right here. <laughs> and will be for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future. So you can imagine that that went over like a pregnant pole, Walter. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let me just flip my pages here. So they spend a lot of time looking around Hudson Bay, just kind of. Why would they be doing that? Arguably, they spent too long not moving inland. Hmm. Why? I don't know. Because it's possible that they weren't really looking for a Northwest Passage. And there's some Uh, evidence for that. Were they looking for treasure? A little bit, yeah. (gasps) Remember, before, uh, Frobisher had been looking for iron ore. I'm Mm. sorry, not iron ore. He'd been looking for... Gold. Gold. Or iron ore. (laughs) Uh, and so they were looking to find more of these usable resources, possibly. It's also possible that he could have been mapping along the way and trying to create a good port that the English could use to establish themselves in the New World. He also could be looking for evidence of mining. Uh, I said that already. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought you were going to say, like, aliens or something. No. But <laughs> new peoples. Aliens. New peoples that they could initiate trade with. Yeah. Um, one interesting historic fact is that if he was looking for the Northwest Passage which would have taken him to Asia, he had no letters of introduction with him that he could offer to leaders there. So it's possible. It's a conspiracy. There is a conspiracy here, yeah. Um, Now, eventually, he's going to have clashes with his crew, the food hoarding, the fighting. The crew is fighting amongst themselves, and Henry Hudson's taking sides. Um, Nerves are fraying, and they wedge the discovery on the rocks, like I said. Uh, And eventually... It, they've just been dicking around too long. Uh, the Hudson Bay is going to freeze over, and they if they leave it there, their ship is going to get encased in the ice. And that's really bad news for ships. That actually still affects us on the Great Lakes today. Hmm. You can get a boat wedged in ice, pack ice, mm-hmm. and then you lose all ability to control your vehicle, as well as uh, your hull starts to get crunched. Yeah, because ice expands. It does. expands, and, and uh, not always evenly. Mm-hmm. It can just be like, kapow, and then punch a hole through the side for no reason at all. Yikes. Yeah, it's a big fucking deal. Which is why everyone takes their boats out for the winter, or right about has now. a bubbler. <laughs> yeah, right about now, yeah. Actually, no bubbler can survive the Great Lakes. It's not uh, enough. Yeah, that's right. We had a bubbler on Otsego Lake. And- Your family had a boat? No, 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 no. Oh, I mean, okay. like, there is a there is a dock 
outside school. Okay. <laughs> for the biology. And it had a bubbler. Research station, yeah. Well, anyway, so... We didn't have a boat. How was, bougie do you think we are? That's the question. I was like, shit, rich kid. All right. My friend had a boat. <laughs> so I went with her. Uh, my friends had a paddle boat. Yeah. That's the same. Mm-hmm. You know, our boat could be bought at Dunham's, but, you Listen, know. Listen, you always... The goal is to find a friend who has a boat and a friend who has a trampoline. Yeah. It's the life. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, they they beach their craft intentionally. They purposely beach the discovery or uh, <laughs> um, in order to save her from the ship from from this icy doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are now stuck on land. It's November in northern Canada. Fun. Can you imagine? I can and, and it's not. Fun. It's not great. It's super not great. Uh, so these guys are now beached in northern Canada. They don't have shelter already um in michigan we get about on average 82 inches of snow per year Mm -hmm. which sucks not as much as western new york which regularly breaks into the hundreds that's true (laughs) who would have thought that michigan would have been an upgrade in something Uh it's colder though which sucks that's true uh canada this part of northern canada that they're at uh, has an average daily temperature of 34 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 1 degree Celsius or negative 1 degree Celsius. I went quick. Uh, it also gets over 6 feet or 185 inches of snow annually. Mm-hmm. England, Sounds the guys... like Rochester. Right, where these guys had just come from, uh-huh. uh, has an average of about 2 inches per day. Yeah. And, like, it stays around 2 inches. Yeah. So they had no idea how to fucking survive. Uh, that was actually a huge problem with the French fur traders who came here early days. Mm. And one of the reasons that they buddied up so quick with a lot of the Native Americans. Because they're like, fuck, what is all this shit? Yeah. <laughs> they needed the, like, for example, the Iroquois snow Snow goggles. Are you familiar with those? It's uh, basically leather that is like um, like a white leather, like a rabbit skin that they tie around their face and just has teeny, 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 tiny slits. Oh, I thought that was just an Inuit thing. I have it down as Iroquois when we did stuff for the kids. Oh. Um, but it was, a, admittedly, it was research I had inherited and not done by myself. So you got to be careful with that sort of stuff. All right. I always <laughs> trust myself more than I trust other people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, additionally... Uh, these guys had no lodging already. I mean, they could stay on the boat for a while, but there's, that's gonna, you're half in the water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, it was a problem. And they had, um, they were being avoided by native Inuit populations. Uh, they were hoping that they would be able to like trade with them. Like, please take a sword if you would let us have some fucking whale meat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These guys were starving to death. Uh, they weathered all that. Um, into May and June. So they were beached in November and they did not get free again until June. Right. At which point Henry Hudson was like, cool, we're free. Now let's go find Asia. And the guys were like, fuck you, sir. Let's go home. Let's go home. (laughs) And Henry Hudson was like, no, 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 no. We got to go to Asia. We got to find out more stuff. And the people were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, listen, 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 listen. listen. <laughs> but he would not listen. Mm. So <laughs> they mutinied. Uh, their mutiny was June 22nd, 1611. Oh, my God. Okay, the garage door is open. <sighs> okay. I was about to full-on panic. <laughs> Wow. 
It occurred to me, like, right in that moment that there could be any guy out there. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, there's a bunch of bricks right by that shelf. Yeah. And I was like, I'll brain somebody. So, uh, <sighs> yeah, the door just opened. Yeah. Uh, the noise you guys heard <laughs> was our studio door opening in the wind of the outside. And there was no one there. And it, like, opened so creepy. So creepily. And then I, for a second, I was shitting my pants. And then I remembered that the garage door was open. And right. It was just the and then I was just angry. And then I was like, but maybe there is somebody out here. And they're like looking for a soul to steal (laughs) okay i literally like i got to the door i started closing the thing then i was like wait what if i'm locking them in here with us and i was like wait there's bricks right here i'll kill somebody okay that's good i'll run them headlong into my beautiful piano okay (laughs) i just had to insert some spookiness in it oh my god cool so speaking of spooky they mutiny (laughs) yeah (laughs) they the way that they mutiny is particularly cruel. Um, they put Henry Hudson and his son, John, mm-hmm. in a small skip. It's called a pinky, which is adorable. <laughs> uh, and with them into the ship go seven other men. Uh, they were sick and dying and probably wouldn't make the trip. Or they refused to mutiny against their captain. They were loyal. And so they put these nine men in a boat and tied off. The men likely thought according to the professor from The Great Courses, that they were going to have their room searched, look for hoarded stuff, and then they were going to be brought back on board and taken home. Mm. That is not the case. Instead, they put these men on the boats, snip the tie line, and they start to row away. They open sails, and they leave. Like, bye. Desperately. Henry Hudson, his son, and the men on board row after this boat. Oh, my God. And, of course, eventually... They're not able to keep up. Yeah. Henry Hudson, his son, they're never seen again. Nobody knows what happened to them. Uh, Multiple rescue voyages would return to Hudson Bay and Mm. search for Henry Hudson, his son, the ship's carpenter, a number of others. any of the other. They were never successful. They did find two possibilities. Once they found stakes driven into the ground as if a temporary shelter had been erected. Mm -hmm. Another time... They found a structure, the remains of a structure, that did not look like the structures that Inuit and Northern, um, I believe the Cree are up there. Inuit up there? Depends on which side of Hudson Bay we're on. And they're not always sure. Some of the things conflict. Okay. So there would be some Inuit people. There would also be, I believe the Cree are up there at that point in time. And uh, I'm like panic sweating about the door. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. Uh, they are they're looking at the structure and they're like, well, this doesn't look like the structures that native peoples would have been building. Mm. And remember, the ship's carpenter mm-hmm. was with them. Nearby, they found a large pile of human bones. Yeah. So it's very likely, uh, it's, but it's just as likely that their ship... Their tiny boat capsized and threw them into the icy waters and they were, until they were separated and drowned. We have no way of knowing. Wow. So what happened to the mutineers? Mm-hmm. There's more. Uh, these mutineers, uh, there are now, math, like 17 other guys. Sure. I don't remember what the original <laughs> number, nor would I be able to subtract in my head that So quickly. like 26 minus a couple guys who died. 
minus the nine that they put in the boat. I mean, it would be... I'm calling it about 17. Yeah, but lower because of the ones who died, so... Right. But, like, 15, around there. 15, 17. 17 I don't know. There's And there's probably somebody who does know, and you should give them money. So that's what's up. <laughs> uh, this is free. <laughs> so, uh, oh, oh, they go... They return to England. Now, one of the things about being somebody who mutinies against a beloved captain yeah. in England is that you have to pay for that. There's a That's a crime. These guys did a crime. They basically did murder. Yeah. They legitimately murdered these people. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was inadvertent. It's it's like first degree manslaughter, at, at least. At the best. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if they had manslaughter in those courts, but I believe that they would yeah. because their court system is very closely related to our court system as would be. So anyway, uh, <laughs> along the way... Somehow, mysteriously, magically, mm-hmm. all of the men who were responsible for the mutiny died. Huh. I mean, they would have died. They're dead now. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but before they got back to England, the ringleaders, who were Jewett and Green. Green was the guy who was supposed to be all buddy-buddy with Henry Hudson, who'd been living with him. Jewett was the guy that Henry Hudson had been like, you're not the first mate anymore. They were the ringleaders, according to these documents put up by Habakkuk Pritchett. Now one moment while I rifle through my papers. Right. So, these men return to England and they have to account for their crimes. And Habakkuk Pritchett tells us um, that they suffered all the way back. They didn't have enough food. Uh, They had gone out to collect seabirds, seafowl, in nets. And uh, along the way, they met up with 40 to 50 Inuit. He uses a different word. We don't use that word anymore. Um, Inuit people, including men, women, and children, who offered the strangers food, showed them how to snare the birds. The Inuit then took the crew back to their camp and hosted them at a banquet with displays of dancing and leaping. Uh, they, Green was so convinced, Green was acting as the ship's captain, Jewett was back as first mate, he was so convinced of the Inuit's peaceful intentions that he refused to post a guard during the night, mm. says Pritchett. Cricket. Uh, the crew sent out the boat again, this time out of sight of the ship. Green and five men, unarmed and confident, found the Inuit again and tried to barter for more food. But according to Prickett, unprovoked, mm-hmm. unprovoked, mm-hmm. the Eskimo turn and attack. Two also tried to attack the boat where Prickett stood guard alone. So how should he observe these things so that he could write them in his little journal? Well, it was happening over there, sir. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas Wilson... Thomas, comma, Wilson, comma, Green and Purse were all seriously wounded, but they did make their way back to the boat. Uh, two other men were two other men were killed. Modder, another unharmed man, swam from the shore to the boat as they left. Green and Modder were killed by arrows en route. Uh, Thomas and Wilson died later that day on the discovery, and Purse lived out only two more days. So they say that all of these men were the men who made the decisions about the mutiny. And somehow, gosh, they were all killed by Inuit. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that they should be the only ones? Weird. All, the other Inuit were like, oh, you don't look like you killed Henry Hudson. You can stay. Awful convenient that. <laughs> well, yeah, and that they, it was it was Inuit. Yeah. And they knew and they cared. Oh. <laughs> or at uh, so, least they just felt it in their bones. That's right. Prickett describes the, inju- the incident this way, quote, Now when they had rowed a good way back from the shore, Michael Pierce fainted and could row no more. Then was Andrew Mortar driven to stand at the boat's head and waft to the ship, which at first sight waft at that main, like he was waving at the ship, um, <laughs> which at the first saw us not. And when they did, they could not tell what to make of us. But in the end, they stood for us and so took us up. Henry Green was thrown out of the boat into the sea and the rest were had on board. But they died all three that day, William Wilson swearing and cursing in the most fearful manner. Michael Pierce lived two days after and then died. And now thus you have heard the tragic tale of Henry Green and his mates, whom they called the 
Capitan, these four being the only lusty men on all the ship. End quote. Isn't that fun? I love I love writings from that time period. Uh, so only Prickett and Modder survived the attack. There is no record of what happened to the Inuit people. Hmm. Uh, conveniently for the others, and this is this is all quoted from Henry Hudson's Fourth Voyage, 1610, by Ian Ian Chadwick. Uh, conveniently for the others, most of the other conspirators had apparently all died in this attack and could never be called to account. So convenient. So they get back to England. And they find blood on the ship, beloved captain, national hero, gone. What's to do? Obviously, all these men should be put in the jail. Mm-hmm. Nope. The jail. They are too valuable. They've seen more of the Northwest than other voyagers, and capitalism rules all. Yeah. So these guys won't go on to sail more. Oh. Uh, a half-hearted uh, murder trial comes up in 1618, seven years later. Shit. And everybody's acquitted. <laughs> Shit. How can they be guilty? God has already judged those who were guilty, guilty, and has taken them from this plane. So, yeah. Uh, But then my next question is, Mm -hmm. this guy who's narrating everything. Abacus Prickett? Yeah, who's like one of the only survivors, swears he wasn't part of this. He could be making anything and everything up. Absolutely. We have no idea really what happened. Now, we do have... The remains of Thomas Wilson's uh, journal as well, and Henry Hudson's. Oh, okay. So, but after Henry Hudson's mutiny, after the mutiny in... Well, yeah, he's not writing anymore. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, and sometimes Prickett's stuff is just not as good. It's not as accurate. Mm. It doesn't know the sea as well as Hudson's. Right. So, things get a little murky, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's important to realize that the way that Henry Hudson died was very likely horrific. Yeah. And slow and painful and in full view of his son. Yeah. I mean, unless his son died first, in which case he watched his son die. He watched his son die. He may have also tried or had to eat his son. If yeah. we're familiar with the whale ship Essex. Yeah. We know that lots of men who are trapped with dying men sometimes have to resort to cannibalism, which is one of the great ironies of human exploration. A lot of explorers... And this is this is part of that. This is a theme that we revisit in that great courses thing. A lot of these explorers are like, oh, and then we're going to go to lands where they're uncivilized and they eat each other. Oh no! <laughs> but really, a lot of the explorers have to rely on cannibalism. Eating each other. Yeah. yeah. To say nothing of those explorers who explored like Egypt and took up uh, mummy spice. Ask me what mummy spice Gross. is. Actually, wait. Nobody. Nobody asked me. Google it. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about it before on the show. Probably. It really upset me. And you know how I fixate on things that upset me? Yeah. Uh So that's Henry Hudson. Uh, A great explorer. uh, Probably pretty good dad, hopefully. And uh, possibly a really shitty captain who got lucky a couple times. Regardless, uh, a great deal of mystery surrounds him. I'm sorry, I don't have a ghost story to go with it. I was just so excited about the mutiny and cannibalism. Yeah. So possible cannibalism, caveat, caveat, caveat. But you guys know how I love a cannibal story. Uh, do we have a ghost story from our fr- from our friends and fans? Yes. I'm so awkwardly speaking tonight. I quit being a people. Okay, so Jacob writes, Ahoy, coven mothers. Ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Love it. Do you know that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, now that I don't have a museum job, I have to shout history facts at people mm. against their will. Go on. This is why we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, he thought that it wouldn't be used in private houses, but in fact aboard ships. And he thought that when you answered the phone, you should go, ahoy. 
Is that where the ahoy hoy comes from? I have no idea. That's a Simpsons reference. <laughs> that I only vaguely know. I am not a hardcore Simpsons person. Yeah. But I always hear people saying ahoy hoy. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> ahoy coven mothers. I, yes. I think coven mother is the perfect name for us. Yeah. Thanks. I love you all, love my you. little okay, babies. Okay, it's time for us to move on beyond, beyond the greeting. No. <laughs> I'm a coven mother. Yes. It is at this time that I write to you that I am finally wrapping up my first command in the U.S. Navy, meaning oh. I am just a few weeks away from the sweet release that is civilian life. I hope you I hope you transition I, beautifully. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that, and I feel like that's probably right about now. Uh, yeah, also thanks for being in the Navy Thank because that shit's service. not yeah. easy. They make you lift and run things. I'm very opposed to both of those tasks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so good on you, and thank you. Um, so... You would think I'd be against the violence that's inherent to military life, but I was the just violence talking... inherent in the system? <laughs> stop, stop, I'm being oppressed. <laughs> no, I was just talking about potentially braining an assailant with a garden brick, so I guess I'm fine. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're not against necessary violence of... Hitting someone with a brick. Probably true. Assailant. But what if he wasn't, what if that wasn't necessary? What if I could have been like, sir, please leave? I would have brained him first. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so in the four years I have been enlisted, I have been to one command, the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, CVN 69. Nice. <laughs> did he say nice or did you? I did. I love it. <laughs> uh, the, the Eisenhower is a great ship. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool photos of it out there. I know a little bit about ships and stuff because when I was working at the Ford Museum, right. it was right during the time when the USS Ford launched. Yeah, it's CVM. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an aircraft carrier, mm-hmm. and it's huge. It is. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, to give some sort of backstory to it, the... The Ike, as it's called, is awesome. The, yeah, that is cute. It's the second oldest aircraft carrier actively serving in the U.S. Navy. Its keel was laid in August fifteenth, nineteen seventy, and it was officially launched October eleventh, nineteen seventy-five. It is a Nimitz class carrier, which is a name that I recognize but don't know much about. Uh, <laughs> that's me editorializing. That's awesome. Um, and it is over one thousand. Uh, and 92 feet long based off the measurement of the flight deck. Look how fucking huge this is. Look at this. Sorry, everybody. You'll have to Google your own Photoshop. Goo your own photo. Listen, I don't have to talk. It's pumpkin hour. <laughs> Isn't that enormous? It's huge. It's really cool shit. The Ford's bigger. I'm I, well, I'm sure. This one's from the 1970s. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just getting real uh, proud of Jerry here. I know. Jerry. Dear old Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> You were saying. <laughs> I was saying. Um, its displacement is 95,000 tons. Holy shit. And it is equal in height to a 24-story building. That's um, that's amazing. It's All so right. big. Consider what Henry Now Hudson, we're feeling patriotic. That's true. Well, God I mean, bless America and our aircraft carriers. This isn't even like America, sarcasm. I fuck yeah. <laughs> that's what our tax dollars pay for, man. And, and it's a little aircraft carriers... Are like one of the. Don't make me start this. All right, I love it. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Aircraft carriers are great because because they carry the aircraft. They carry the aircraft. No, they make it possible. They're basically like floating islands They're that make it possible cities. for us to launch protective missions or not so protective missions <laughs> from around the world, and and it really kind of helps us be global peacekeepers when we are doing that. Yeah. 
But we don't need to tell you that, Jacob. Right, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> you know, you were there the whole time. The whole time. Um, so, in other words, this bitch is big and she is old. Like me. <laughs> and like any older, large, and assertive woman. <laughs> like me. <laughs> she has her stories and her secrets, as well as a personality all her own. Okay, from henceforth, you may call me Ike. <laughs> I am the Dwight D. Eisenhower. <laughs> this is like going in all different, like, but like the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yeah. Okay. You can call me Ike. That's my, that's my dude can name, Can we Jeff. call you CVN69? Yes. <laughs> yes, you may. <laughs> what does that stand for? Kate Very Nasty 69. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Weird Al, for these gifts. This is very good. Uh, okay. So all sailors aboard her both love and hate her for it. Yep. Yep. Most of the sailors aboard me have felt the same. <sighs> this is going to get weird with the comparison, I'm quite sure. Okay, this story I have... My downstairs is haunted, too. I'm <laughs> sorry. Haunted I'm plumbing. Sorry. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. The, the story I have for you today is the kind of story you don't tell the khakis about. The khakis? Uh, anyone, E7 or above officers oh thank you for that jacob thank you because i would well. not have known yeah i love that i sound smart explaining it but i'm just reading that's fine yeah. jacob set you up for success thank you uh gotta love a man we're big form. dummies when it comes to the military um mm. well yes but talk about uh but you talk about it in your rack at night oh fun I've been so sleeping in my rack. That's so cute. Okay, uh, or on the mess decks over a cup of liquid tar coffee. Sorry, I'm just still imagining all these sleepovers. Me too. Yeah. In I think the, we're imagining them in differently. In the Navy. <laughs> we're imagining them very differently. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm having a sleepover with them. You're picturing, like, guys bundled up together telling bro stories. Listen, I was just having a moment I'm where I was just times. imagining them snuggled up under their blankie, just having cute pillow talk from bunk to bunk telling ghost stories, You're which I wholesome. think is beautiful and wholesome, and let me have that, and I, you can have your... I have a clipboard taking down names. Yeah. Okay. Next. Next. <laughs> All right. Okay. Continue. Would I be in the Navy the or story the is going to be me? a million years long? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm talking okay, so I'm talking the kinds of stories that sailors tell each other as more of a coping mechanism than a re- uh, than a recant of an epic tale. Okay. Now to clarify, I myself have never really had any actual paranormal experience aside from freaking myself out in the dark or sleeping with loud music on after listening to who both of you tell me about the next thing I should be terrified of. <laughs> Jacob, you're my favorite. Love it. Um, these are stories passed down to me from the senior men and women who are, in my eyes, the meat of what the Navy really is. Oh my God. I just realized... In my fantasy, I had been ignoring the ladies of the Navy. And let me now correct you and correct myself. They're on the clipboard, too. All right. All right. Good. God bless. God bless America. This is how I'm patriotic. God bless I'm a one-woman USO show. So he continues, out of respect for them, I won't name any names. Right on. Good. Because this is getting weird. Okay. This story gets slightly graphic. My favorite kind. 
CBN 69. Uh, the story that I have for you is one that was told to me early in my career regarding a particular watch called Shaft Alley Patrol. You're kidding me. Are you kidding me? I'm not. You're I'm literally me. reading. This is like a gift. <laughs> this is. Uh, <laughs> Now to explain, you have to understand how our ship works. This ship has two nuclear reactors. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> that power four main reduction gears that are attached to the line shafts. Okay. Essentially, the huge... <laughs> say it. Say it. Say what you're going to say. <laughs> the huge rods that stretch over half the ship and the lower decks that connect to the propellers and turn them. Yes. Turn me, propel me, rod Propel me, me with shaft. your huge rods. I can't wait. <laughs> in my shafts. When I leave, there's going to be like a mark on this chair. Gross. <laughs> Super gross. I just gross. sit here with you. You do. <laughs> <laughs> this complicated system is what pushes the ship forward and is essentially one of a two-part process that the reactor department on the ship maintains. Cool. High science. <sighs> okay. The faster these line shafts spin... <laughs> The hotter they get. I'll bet. <laughs> it is. Did you did you know, Jacob, that you're doing this to us? Oh, he knows. He knows. He's such a tease. Uh the, the hotter they get, and it is the shaft alley patrol's job to maintain and confirm that these line shafts aren't overheating and are properly lubricated. I'm Come on, Jacob! I'm dying. Oh, God. Okay. All right. <laughs> terrible, terrible things can happen if either of those aren't watched carefully. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, really, I would imagine that, yeah, that'd be real bad. So I'm, I'm being serious. Okay. <laughs> so, we, okay. So we stand anywhere between six to 11-hour shifts, climbing eight-story tall ladders 12, 12 times an hour. See, that right there is why I'm not cut out. <laughs> Yeah. There's no way. Do that math and it will make you appreciate escalators or even stairs. Oh my god, I bet you they have dope asses. They probably do. Oh my god. All right, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Poor Dan. Yep. (laughs) You can get some ladders. Uh, What? Or some roofing projects. Um, So while early in the process, I was standing and, um, and under instruction watch... Okay, training watch with a senior qualified person. Thank you again. Uh, And we were in the middle of one of our rows. We were coming to the end of the shift, and at this point, he and I were just shooting the shit. Now, I am a glutton for psychological punishment, so I steer the conversation to the creepiest thing he had ever encountered during his time on board. After a few minutes of pondering, he states, I've been fortunate enough to have... Terrible memory, but there is one moment overall that I can think of. <laughs> I have been fortunate enough to have a terrible memory. Yeah. That's genius. That's very good. Uh, which, to people who used to read, like, Mad Men, mm-hmm. is the moment I knew I wanted to hear this story. Uh, when he was a newly qualified watch stander, he had been assigned to the mid-watch starting at 2008 p.m. <laughs> Really, Jen? There's no, like, it's just the numbers. I'm sorry. Starting at... (laughs) Try again. Uh... 2800. 2800. 2800, so, okay. 8 p.m. And ending at... Oh, 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 okay. 8 p.m. 
yes. the time. So he's going military time. Starting at 8 p.m. I'm just going to cut out the military time. Thank you. <laughs> Starting at 8 p.m. and ending at 4 a.m. Yuck. Uh, Those are my worst hours. Gross. He was getting closer to the time he would he would be relieved and was preparing for his next set of robes around the 2 a.m.? 200 hour. Yep. Probably about 200, mm-hmm. 2 a.m. Everything to this moment had been per usual. Sweat a lot, curse a lot, drink more Red Bulls than any human should to stay awake and find excuses to sit and tie your boots. The military's fun. Oh, my God. As it came time, he began his descent into uh, four Charlie, fourth shaft, third space, and felt an unusual coldness to the space, which is almost... Which almost never happens unless it's the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. Shrugging it off as exhaustion, he continued his descent. Once making it uh, to the seventh deck, he proceeded to begin his checks, noticing that the unnatural cold he felt in the space had not affected the temperature of the equipment at all. Mm. Which again was unusual to how this equipment works. Document documenting this in his logs, he uh, begins the second half of his checks. At this moment, someone coughs at the end of the shaft, nearest the ladder exiting the space. Thinking he had not noticed someone from the department I worked for, uh, our job was the shaft maintenance. He proceeded to question the voice if they had noticed how cold it was, never raising his head. After a moment of no response, he peered over the equipment he was checking, finding that he was the only person in the space. This confused him, but he continued to his work. After moments of relative silence, aside from the hum and grinding of machine parts, he began to prepare for the ascent back up to the main decks to continue his rove. Being all- I hate it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being already on edge, he spoke aloud in a semi-joking manner to ease his mind. Good night. Try not to stay up too late. Feeling at ease just to hear some sort of noise, he begins a long stretch of catwalks from the aft end of the space to the forward end where the ladder is. Suddenly, he is shoved violently into the railing and loud, heavy footsteps began echoing throughout the space. Holy shit. Starting from behind him and toward the exit. Yikes. Moving from the space to the ladder and then up the ladder steps and out of the space. At this time, being terrified, he, as he stated in a proud matter to me, screamed, I don't know who the fuck you are, but get the fuck out of the way. I'm coming up. Holy shit. Oof. Dropping his logs and his pen, he proceeded to tear out of the space and up the ladder. To my knowledge, he never went back in that space alone. Now, as a young sailor, you take every story with a grain of salt. Places, to my knowledge, aren't usually haunted for no reason, so I began asking around, and lo and behold, there is a story to the shaft. Sometime before either either he or I were on the ship, when the women were first introduced to the department, there were a few females that were working and in charge of certain shaft alleys. One such female was working in the four Charlie space and was cleaning in the small space between the bilge deck and the shaft. It is a relatively small space, about four feet in height. While cleaning, the shaft had had begun turning and in in doing so startled her. When she jerked upward, her hair caught in the shaft and wrapped itself inside the joint, causing her to be picked up and, for lack of a better term, ragdolled around the shaft over and over at high speeds until her scalp separated from her head and her body was thrown across the space. 
Luckily, she did not suffer long as her neck was broken from the rotation early on. Oh but it was still God. a horrific accident. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, that poor woman. That's awful. Okay. Uh, the shaft was stopped after a few moments, and medical was immediately dispatched to attempt anything they could to offer aid, but it was too late. Investigations were begun, safety protocols invented, and even a shipboard instruction about female hair regulation implemented. Right. Photographs were taken to document the event and placed on the shipboard server for training purposes. Oof. But eventually removed because they were considered untactful. Yeah. Yeah. How awful. Uh, With this discovery, I immediately went to anyone and everyone I could to talk to in in the department for any information they had of the things going on in the shaft. You guessed it, haunted as shit. People being pushed, noises, disembodied coughs, humming, and even full words had been heard at various points throughout many watchstanders' robes. Strangely enough, though, the only people that had any physical experiences were male. Almost every non-aggressive action experienced was from female watch standards. Standards. So I and many others did our absolute damnness to stay the hell out of there if we were able, especially alone. Uh, I'm so sorry that this was long and fact-filled as it was, but I hope you enjoyed some part of the story. I have way more stories to share, but an email this long would put most to sleep, so I will send these chunks. Um, I would like to say a thousand times thank you for what you guys do with the podcast. This show has gotten me through a lot of nights away from home and many really terrible duty days and underways. The joy and passion you both pour in the show rubs off on me and makes me makes things a lot more bearable. So again, thank you. I hope to hear many more episodes from you in the future. Hoo and stay positively spooky. You're a fan. Okay, I Jamie. fucking love him. Uh, I'm 1,000%. Like, I was listening, but uh-huh. I also have been looking up things that the Dwight D. Eisenhower has been doing in the last four years. Uh-huh. And so... It is possible our friend uh, and her carrier strike... So the Dwight D. Eisenhower and her carrier strike group sailed the Atlantic Ocean June 8th, 2016. So that's mm-hmm. three years ago. Uh, into the Sixth Fleet Area of Operations in support of U.S. national security interests in Europe. Uh, 20 November of that same year, Military Times reported that since June 2016, when the ship entered the Persian Gulf after launching strikes from the eastern Mediterranean, the carrier's captain, Paul Spadaro reported that sorties, I do not know what a sortie is. Uh, tell us what a sortie is, man. Yeah. <laughs> From the Dwight Eisenhower had dropped uh, nearly 1,100 bombs on ISIS targets in Iraq and Syria. Fuck ISIS. So good. Yeah. I love it. My favorite thing about taking down ISIS is that they take down cultural artifacts. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Um, all right. That was really cool. I'm really happy with this episode. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm really upset about that hair thing. Yeah. Uh, but wow. Jeez. Wow. All right. Well, uh, that does it for this episode. Um, so we have a couple people to we have, thank. We do. We have our next batch. So the next ten patrons that we want to thank. Uh, thank you all to all of our patrons. And thank you to everybody who listens, even if you can't support us. Exactly. Uh, we wouldn't be still talking to ourselves if it weren't for you guys. So thank you. Yep. So we have Samantha Stevens. Thank you, uh, Libby Hawker. Becky Fletcher, Jennifer Dunlap. Becky Fletcher. Yeah. Is that a character in a novel? That sounds familiar. It does. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. Great name, Becky. Stephanie Pelk, Renee Labuda. Yay! Uh, Whitney McCarthy. Thank you, guys. Uh, Beth Brown. Shut up. We know her. Yeah, thank Actually, you, Beth. 
I've known a lot of these people. You guys are all amazing. Yeah. Sorry, we're not trying to, like, single out people. But also, but... Beth was sleeping on the couch over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Sylvester. Yay! Thank you. And Grace Cole. Guys, we love you all so much. Thank you all. Um, and like I said, if we if you have donated and we haven't personally thanked you yet. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. We're just trying to do them in batches so that we don't overwhelm everyone. Right. Um, so thank you again. Um, and we'll be putting up that video very soon. Um, so stay tuned. Yeah. And if you want to donate to us and you haven't yet, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash this podcast is haunted. And if you want to just hang out with us online, you can find us on Facebook. Do it. Uh, we are this podcast is haunted. And then our discussion page is this ha- podcast is haunted discussion group. Quick um, shout out to Tiff, who is still our main moderator and is also amazing. Thank you, Tiff. And we are on Twitter and Instagram, although I've become way less active on them. But we're haunted underscore pod on Twitter, and this podcast is haunted on Instagram. If you write to us on our Facebook page, you are talking to me. I do respond. Uh, So I'll be on there. Uh, Feel free to come and chat with us anytime. We would especially love to see you in the the discussion group, though. Mm -hmm. It's the nicest corner of the whole internet. It really is. It's really like the old school internet. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's exactly what it's like. Chat rooms were filled with actual real fun people nice people and like of i don't creeps. think any pedophiles because yeah. i did find a couple pedophiles in the old school internet yeah well you i know. mean yeah right uh so yeah that's all i've got yeah that's all i've got we love you all a, whole it's been a long lot. episode thanks for hanging in there how long is it thanks for listening i mean it's like two hours right oh now, sorry guys i got really excited about this subject we'll again it down a little i'm bit. sorry i've been nerding so hard Um, All right, well, I guess we'll talk to you all again in a fortnight. Yep, until then. Me? All right, stay spooky, motherfuckers.